Hey, what's going on, Walkins? Welcome, crew. We're glad to have you for another episode. We are having a great conversation today with Lexi. We'll introduce her in just a minute. But I'm your host, Nick Ward. I've got Michael Ray with me, your other host. We are all about helping you triple your revenue through digital marketing services and exceptional patient experience. Michael, what's up, man? Hey, Nick. Glad to have you back. Glad to be back. I missed you on the last interview. I missed you too, Michael. I was like pretending you were there, but you weren't. Were you like talking to nobody? Yeah, a little bit. I was looking over. But anyway, so who we have on today, we have uh, Lexi with Med Pharma. So in a nutshell, Med Pharma is a company that helps with healthcare compliance and revenue cycle company. But they, as she was explaining to me, like, we fix the problems inside your clinic and kind of get rid of all the unnecessary so you can make more money, be more efficient and do what you do and just keep and not worry about, am I actually making money or not? You help take care of those things. Welcome aboard, Lexi. Glad to have you on. Lexi, tell us one thing about you that nobody else knows and say hello to the Walkins Welcome audience. Well, hello, everybody, and happy Friday. Um, I was joking earlier, but I'm, I'm not joking. I, I like to play chess, so I'm kind of <laughs> I love just, chess. There was a time where we were playing it all the time here. Which is probably fitting for what I do for a living. So, you know. <laughs> How about, Yeah, you're right. Did you ever see uh, Queen's Gambit no. on uh, Netflix? No. Oh, if you're a chess person, have you seen it? Yeah, I've, I've seen, uh, ep- is it season one? Yeah, I think it's just this. I don't know. Anyway. If you have some time, go to Netflix, look at Queen's Gambit. It's an entire thing about this female chess player that yeah. won the ne- the international whatever. She just goes around beating everybody. Yeah, it's pretty it fantastic. I'll, I'll have to clear the queue of all the UFO uh, shows up and watch. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's funny. I talk about how much I love documentaries, and then I'm like, well, you can't take my brain too seriously because right next to that is Ancient Aliens. So like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about the today. Lexi, we're so glad to have you on. Um, I would like to know, just give us your elevator pitch, and then we'll go into some questions about Med Pharma. Great. So Med Pharma, essentially, we, we've been in the industry for a little over 18 years as far as the infrastructure of hospitals, groups, laboratories, um, nationally fixing payer contracts, revenue cycle issues. Ultimately, the bottom line is how are you making money and staying in business? That's the biggest problem. So, you know, with a lot of our clients, they'll, they'll come up with a scenario as to why something doesn't work. And what our company does is we actually review everything from the very beginning to their workflow. Typically, we identify your payer contracting problems, revenue cycle management issues, even workflow problems inside of the practice. And we put it under an umbrella to itemize priority lists and what the client really needs to focus on, regardless of the specialty, um, so that they can stay efficient and really try to reduce the amount of consultants that are coming in, pitching ideas. Um, that's kind of what we've been really focusing on. It started with payer contracting, but we've been blessed that it's you know morphed into pretty much everything under the sun now. So it sounds like in, in a nutshell, you guys, like if I have something going on and I don't, I, I feel like I should be making more money than I actually am. Uh, this is where you come in and say, let me just solve this for like, we're going to, Peel back all the curtains there are and just see what's out there. And it's, that's what it sounds like you guys are doing. And it's like, okay, now that we know all the problems, here's how to fix them. And here's the priority list. And here's everything you need to do. So here's your game plan for 90 days to go from point A to point B. And we're going to help you along the way. Uh, that's kind of fantastic in a lot of ways because uh, Nick, I was thinking I were talking about this earlier. Like, you know, we talk a lot about the marketing side for medical on this podcast. So, like, we're talking about bringing the patients in. And then we wash our hands of it, right? Like that's as right. far as we can really go, and except for maybe review stuff. But 
Now it's up to the internal people to actually make money off of it. Because you can have a thousand patients, but if you're not getting paid properly or money's just walking out the door every time someone comes through, you're going to still lose because profit's profit at the end of the day. Yeah, no, that that's spot on. And I think one of the, the issues that we've noticed that's ongoing is you could have all of the patients in the world. If you're not properly screening them or doing your pre-authorization, making sure that payer contracts are in line to get paid, you're, you're surprised at how much money is left on the table. And yeah. I think that's where any specialty struggles. And frankly, that's the last piece that a lot of clients look to as far as being a problem. I mean, you could, you could see everything else as an issue, but when it comes down to dollars and cents, that's where you have to focus on. And, you know, that we try to guide clients so that they understand that if there's an issue, look at your billing, look at your payer contracts, look at the patients that you're taking, because it all comes down to how you stay in business. Well, I even think about how they're saying, well, I get more patients. I have more patients than I've ever had before, but I'm not making more money. Right. <laughs> I think we've even, even ourselves as a company, there was some accounting error that we had going on. Like we're growing, but we're not seeing the growth. And then we dug in and dug in. And, oh, oh, there's the problem. <laughs> they make the correction. Our, bi- our billing was an issue or how we were scheduling or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. It's always something. Well, I want to hear more about how how much is being left on the table. Maybe you know an average uh, of maybe a percentage or something like that where people are just either coding it wrong, billing it wrong, their contract is messed up. Tell me about that. So if, if you're looking at a client that has moderate coding issues, generally it's about 10% that's left on the table. What we have found... How much? 10%? Yeah, 10%. 10%, yeah. I mean, okay. Who wants a 10% raise? All right. <laughs> now, now, the flip side to that is because of you know, a lot of the contracting changes we're seeing with, with a lot of labs that you know, have been in business for a long time, the contracting has affected their reimbursement in many cases... 30, 35%. That's a lot of money. And that's, a, that's, that's like having a, going from a bad year to a great year. Game changer. And yeah, it, right. it could be something so simple as you're out of network with Blue Cross. And if you're in network, you could see a $250,000 increase per month. And we had one client in particular that, I mean, they, they were off by a couple million for payer contracting. <laughs> a couple of million. I wish I wish I cared so little about money that a couple of million dollars had no impact on me. But, but it goes back to that original point that you guys were mentioning where you've got so many patients, you've got so much work. If your day is just jam-packed with, you know, seeing patients or if you're a lab and all you're doing is processing, you're making enough money, but you really don't sit down and realize, okay, we're not getting paid on this this claim. These type of patients are not making us money. We shouldn't be taking that client on. Mm. It doesn't become an issue until you you finally go, oh, my gosh, our AR is just stacking up and nothing is happening. Yeah, just that definition of what kind of patient you should be taking in is kind of a huge thing. Because I know because we work with a lot of doctors and their mindset is I want to treat somebody like I, I want to take care of that patient. like, And that's what they the business sounds terrible. Business tends to be secondary to a doctor that owns the business most of the time. They care about the patient first, and the business will come with it is their mindset, uh, which is fine. But at the end of the day, like you're missing out, and then you're creating unnecessary stresses on your entire team for something that could be somewhat, I would put in quotation marks, easily resolved. Or like the money's there. It's just not being captured properly, or you're just wasting time on something that you shouldn't be doing. 
in some cases, a lot of people don't know how to do it. So, you know, it, they would just continue to bill. Hopefully we'll get paid. The, the issue right now for, for 2023 is the days of billing out of network are starting to dwindle. So where in the past you could, and you may have gotten paid X amount, now you're just not getting paid or it's taking so much longer to get paid. So it, it's it's either the, the practice or whoever's managing doesn't know how to do it. They don't have time to do it. It takes a village basically to run an organization, especially a medical practice. And in many cases, a lot of these folks are stretched so thin with what they're doing every day that they don't have time to sit there and go, let me try to figure out United Healthcare and why we're not getting paid. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not at their forefront. So, Lexi, you just made a huge comment there that I wonder if it is your unique differentiator. You said it takes a village to do this kind of billing. Are you that outsourced village? We're that outsourced village, but we also educate. So I'd say that's where we're this this niche service where okay. we want to provide the resources. We want to educate. Education's power. So if you don't know why you're not getting paid, it's going to continue to happen. If you don't know the difference between, you know, a multi-plan or a baseline contract with low fee schedules, you're not going to improve and try to request something better. So we're, we're really that one-stop shop for multi, a multitude of services ranging from the payer piece to the billing piece. And we connect everything together so it makes sense and it actually works. I think the biggest problem right now is clients take on different companies. They try to get in and fix one problem. Another issue is still ongoing. We want to just solve it so that it's functional and the client can actually understand it, take it, and then work with it, whether we're there or we leave. It doesn't matter. That's how it's supposed to work. I like that. I mean, and that, that's the mindset. Like, we're not here to be your forever vendor. Right. We're here to get you to a plateau and here's how to do it. Come back to us when you're starting to see problems again at some point on something else inside your business that wasn't an issue at the time. And let us re. I, I like because we're all about education on our side too. We, before we even sell anybody, we're always educating them. Like this is the do's and don'ts in the world of marketing. This is why you do this. this is why we don't do this. Um, here's the reality of everything. Like we're very transparent. Uh, we there's an episode that we just recorded earlier this week about geofencing. Trying to be transparent around that whole entire thing because people love that phrase um, a lot yeah, and, they and they don't understand it. But uh, all that being said, so but uh, it's so I, I imagine you have some crazy success stories out of doing this for so long. Um, are there any like situations where you came across and you're like, why is this so obvious to us, but not to them? Or like, is there, cause you mentioned in one of your things about finding these simple errors. Um, if you're going to boil it down to what's the number one common error that you come across with every single one of your clients, you're like, this is like checkbox number one you guys should be doing, but no one does or whatever. What does that look like? Well, I'd say it's, it's two parts. It's doing eligibility checks, which to us, that seems very simple and straightforward. That's not always the case with a lot of clients that we come across. That reduces a lot of problems, right? So you, one, can verify if you're going to get paid or not. And then two, you can validate what the patient is going to owe you. I would think that's at the forefront or should be at the forefront of any type of group or practice. How much can you make off of the patient and what is their balance due? The other thing that's that's glaring and obvious, which has really saved quite a few of our clients, is looking at the denials that come back. Is it a contract limitation? Is it a contract problem? 
Then we go back to the contracting, and that fixes a lot of the issues that continue to be ongoing. You can appeal, you can go back and try to refile, but it really doesn't matter unless you go back and actually fix the contract. And we've seen clients that have exponentially grown just because of very simple changes that they make, um, and it reduces the amount of people they're paying to do mundane work that's going to get them nowhere. I think there's a trigger point somewhere. Somebody's listening right now. They have an urgent care clinic, chiropractor, medical office, multi-locations, whatever. There's something that they're doing, which I call putting your head in the sand, right? I, I, I'm just going <laughs> to ignore it. I don't know what to do about it. I'm going to ignore it. I've got other problems. But there's probably some kind of a trigger point somewhere where you can say, go look here. If you find this, we need to talk. I, w- I would say the big thing is, you know, look at your denials. If okay. you're seeing a specific plan that's just continuously getting denied, hmm. that's a red flag. If you're getting patients that are calling the office complaining about bills they're getting, that should be a, a very big red flag. Then you need to go back and look at how you're billing and what contracts you either have or you don't have. Um, it, it's, it's interesting you say the patient's calling and complaining about these unnecessary bills. Like I've been the receiving end of that, right? Like I've been a patient. And Hello, I, my insurance covers that. Yeah, I was like, I don't understand. And then the, the typical response is, that's up to Blue Cross, not us. And then and they just walk away. They walk away from it, essentially. Uh, and Or they'll say, no, your insurance filed. We can't do anything anymore. And it's like I get those because my, my wife has a heart condition, so we got all sorts of medical things. But it's like a consistent thing where you're just saying, mm, sorry, we're here in Alabama. Blue Cross is like we're like 99% Blue Cross here. We have United and uh, one other one. Aetna. Aetna, whatever. And that's it. Like, if you don't have Blue Cross in this state, you're not in business in terms of medical. Like, it's just the way they are. Um, in any other world, that's called a monopoly. Yeah, they have an monopoly right now in the state for sure. <laughs> they do. They do. It, it, and, and, and it's funny you mention that because they'll say there's nothing we can do. It's based on the plan. It's actually really not. It's based on the practice and how they ran your claim, how they actually verified your plan, whether they can take it or not. If they're out of network and your plan isn't covered, then they should have done something where either they told you up front and said, yeah. look, it's going to be X amount because we're not in network with this particular plan that you guys have. So you either pay this or you know you can find a location that basically can, can service you, cover your plan. They're already in network. Then that reduces the need for a patient to call and say, why did I get an $1,800 bill? Why, is, why do I have to pay X amount? Then you call the practice ticked off. The practice is like, well, we build the claim. We're not, you know, then they never really call you back or they call you back with an excuse. There's so many ways that this can be fixed. So you're not spending seven hours, really, if you think about it, at the end of the day, trying to rectify something that's never going to get fixed. So, Lexi, I've got a I've got a 15 year old son mm-hmm. who is in this stage of life. Do you have children? I, do. I have two step kids. So yes. beautiful. All right. So you're probably experiencing this to a degree. What I'm going to say is, is they do this thing. They're in this phase right now called um, better to ask for forgiveness than permission. <laughs> okay. So the reason I bring that up, say that again. I'm sorry. Teenagers across the board. I think that's. Oh, yes. yeah. Right. Even so, adults too, I mean, right? They're deep, they're, they're deep in this phase right now. And it reminds me of medical practices, which we were talking about is stop 
tell them you're out of network and give them a price. Now let's just go ahead and take their copay. Let's serve them and then let them go fight and let them ask for forgiveness. It's not my job. Instead of permission to do business, let's just pass it on. And I'm like, Oh, that's exactly what it sounds like to me. And it's so frustrating because what you did is you just took the burden off of you and you put it on me and we're all about patient experience. That's part of our whole thing here is patient experience. Well, even like personally, uh, when like we recently went this went through this with my wife with they gave us like a fifteen hundred dollar bill for a traditional thing that that for her traditional some type of scan that she has to do every year, and we went to the doc we're like, you can't keep asking for this scan just to be precautious because it's costing us fifteen hundred dollars every time you ask for it. Right. Like, well, I can't control that. That's uh, yeah, but, you can you can not do the scan yeah or you can prescribe it differently or something and then we just doing that dance and then like well i just have to pay it because i don't want collections <laughs> so like just pay it well and it's doing a disservice to the patient but also the practice because it, one the patient now is freaking out over okay I, I really owe this much and there's nothing that i can do about it the practice isn't making any money on the patient so mm-hmm. it's like a double-edged sword why not just fix it so you're not doing the song and dance with, I mean, God knows how many patients. So I feel like we need to change this to increase your patient volume, increase your profits, mm-hmm. increase your uh, service value, all these different kinds of things. Um, you mentioned something. I, I, I've got an ads background. Okay. Uh, I bring that up because uh, we used to have this thing called advertising agencies, uh, which are different than like a marketing company or something like that. Uh, like digital marketing. The reason I say that is because these agencies would come in and they would make purchases on the behalf of the client. Um, you said something a minute ago where um, y'all kind of block and tackle all these like 30 different providers that are trying to come in and sell a clinic something and y'all are able to help streamline that for them. I want to talk a little bit about that and understand more about what you're saying there because that, I bet I bet that's a real need. Oh, yeah. Well, as far as the overall medical service piece, so one of the things that we've noticed is you'll have, a, you know, a credentialing company out there that's trying to fix certain payers, right? You'll have either internal billing or a third-party billing company that's billing, or what we like to call slingshot billing. Throw whatever claim they can against the wall, see what sticks, and you just keep moving it along. Then you'll have consultants that come in to look at the overall workflow, but they don't necessarily go into the payer piece. They don't necessarily go into the RCM piece. It's more of operations. Generally speaking, those three different entities don't communicate. And the only way that this works so that you don't go out of business and you know you, you keep this whole client satisfaction or patient satisfaction thing in the right direction is The payer department has to talk with the RCM department. The RCM department has to then talk with the staff and the workflow because you have to collect information up front from the patient. You have to have full disclosure about what's required. You need to do an eligibility check to make sure you can take the patient. And we do all of that because frankly speaking, we're taking on more issues to fix rather than new clients that are looking to embark on new ventures. Um, adding more services or just getting into more contracts because their patient exposure has grown. So aside from the, the fixing piece, we, we try to just streamline it so that the practice can take it over at the end of the day and they're not self-reliant on the RCM or the payer team or trying to fix their staff when really 
it's not that complicated if you just come up with a plan where all three of them are, are you know, transparent and they flow. So that's really what we do. I love it. All right. So it sounds to me like you're able to do several things here. You're able to really help help our listeners capture somewhere to the tune of 10 to 35% of missing revenue, right? So just in getting your, your contracts in order, getting the way you're billing in order, uh, the way you're communicating back to the customer, to the patient in order, um, you're able to educate. So y'all can come in and you can create education for the team to help them do these things and become self-sustaining. And then you can consolidate the communication from these multiple channels of people like contractors or whatever coming in trying to do these different services and consultations with you into one streamlined operating procedure. Yes. And I will, this is one thing that I have noticed. Generally speaking, consultants or these, these third party RCM, what they do and they do it well is they slowly fix an issue, but they don't resolve the overall problem. So you're stuck dealing with them for an extended period of time. You feel like you're getting somewhere and then you've got a, a setback. And then there's another thing that comes up. Our whole goal is, you know, we want to we want to make sure that the client understands how to run their business. And it's okay to hire and, and pull in third party resources to get you to that point. But what we don't want to see is clients continue to rely on third-party resources because, again, they're in the dark about really how to run the business. And that's that's one of the things that really frustrates me. And it's just it's there's so much of it out there where it's unnecessary and it does a disservice. Really, again, we go back to this whole patient situation. It does a disservice to the patient. And then we'll find practices that either have to sell or they're struggling, but they've got so many patients that they're seeing it's a lot of stress that's not needed. So we do the best that we can to try to simplify it and, and keep them moving in the right direction. Awesome. Tell me about the company itself. So our company is compiled of a payer division, RCM compliance. Um, we've got some really great compliance uh, attorneys and and staff that help look at the overall issues, not only on the payer side, but also on the RCM and compliance side. That can go into accreditation, whether um, a client has a specific clawback problem with the payer. Um, we, we offer a couple different unique services because it's not always payer oriented or RCM oriented. Sometimes an RCM situation can roll into why they're not making money and why a payer will not take them. So, you know, with us starting out as a payer organization, that's really what we did. We, we would help with credentialing. We'd help with group contracting. Um, we've grown our team uh, to be robust where we've got really great resources and folks that have been in this space for it in, with some of our staff decades. And so we know the changes. We know what's happening. Um, whether it's publicized or not, you know, the thing with payers that we talk about all the time is they don't like to pay. So we need to figure out a way right. that makes sense that everybody likes, uh, <laughs> that, that they can understand on how you can get paid. Um, because their whole point is, unless you're going to make us money, we're not going to work with you. And unless you bill us to the T, we're not going to pay you. And that's, that's kind of how our company became what it is. You know, we, mm. we, Notice that when we get somebody payer contracted, they would struggle still getting paid. 
Well, then we figure out it was more of a billing issue, even though they had the contract done. And so that's that's really where we became this like one stop shop client centric organization nationally, not just in the southeast, which is where we you know originally started nationally, where we know every state regulation, what has changed with each payer, whether it's a national contract or state specific. Um, and, and that's just that's really helped us guide our clients to understanding, welcome to your business. This is how you run it. We're here to help. We don't want to control it. Um, and that's just been a missing piece, I think, overall. So we're really proud of what we've built. And um, we've been heavy in the lab space the past five years, and that's a whole different beast and an animal. Um, we've gotten into the DME and, and um, pharmacy side. That's been about seven years now. So we, we've got our hands in a lot of different specialties. Man. I feel like we're not doing enough. <laughs> I, so I have to ask. So, go ahead. There's always something to do. It's like it it never it never ends. No, it nearly does. So I have to ask. So from a standpoint of like, because we're coming up on the time here, but I want to know from a standpoint if somebody wanted to work with you and explain like one, how does that process go? Like, what's the timeline behind it? What's the expectation? Like, is this like a here's a two month onboarding. Then we do this for so long and whatever, like what's the general way it goes when somebody hires you? So every client is different, but I'll try to make it simple. Basically we'll take on and, and hear from them what their problem areas are, whether it's payer contracting or RCM. We make it easy by coming up with a checklist of requirements for us to investigate. And typically that process is a few days max. All right. Okay. We'll come back with recommendations. Um, if it's a payer issue, we actually will reach out to the payer and see what the best viable option is. Instead of saying, yep, we're going to do it, no problem. Transparency is everything. And so we want to know any hiccups that come into play down the road so that we can plan accordingly. And, and generally with payer contracting, as long as the client, which this is the biggest issue, people don't like to give any documentation in a timely manner. As long as we can get that, then... <laughs> then the process can go a lot faster than not. Um, but that's the biggest issue. If it's an RCM thing, typically we look at like 90 days to kind of come up with an assessment and a fixing. See that's result. not long? Well, let me tell you, in some, some cases, it's not, a, it's not a big fix. So you can see a lot of these changes fairly uh. quick. Um, okay. Well, and just hearing that, like, my goodness, so you're, you know, within 90 days, you can go from having a, like what's going on in my world to like, Oh, let's fix this. And now we're making money again in, in, th in one quarter. Like to putting a pair of corrective lenses over your billing. There you go. Yeah. I can see the whole picture clear now and I know what I'm doing. Yep. And that's a beautiful thing. A lot of clients go, gosh, why didn't we do this long, long ago? And, and yeah, so exactly. That's what we try to do. So that's I the overall timeline. Well, Lexi, it has been a pleasure talking with you, and I want our audience to be able to connect with you. I know that they can go to medicalprosc.com to connect with the company, but if they want to connect with Lexi Morrison directly on LinkedIn, where do they need to go? We'll put so the link in the, in the show notes. Yep, absolutely. Yep, and then they can, of course, email me. Contact info is in there, and I'm, I'm available probably more times during the week than I, I should be, but... <laughs> We get we get requests at random times, even on the weekends. So, yeah. Is there any kind of a, a consultation fee in the in the initial conversation? I just want to make sure that we tell everybody what they need to know. 
No, there isn't. Okay. And, and that's really good for our team to kind of assess what direction we're going to take with the client. There's no obligation up front. Um, so I think that's another added value. So you guys are doing an assessment up front to see if it even makes sense. And they still haven't had to pay you yet. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty like, that's like that. We had another uh, guest on here, Ron shoot and he does like free, basically cybersecurity assessments to let you know, like if there's issues, doesn't charge you. Of course. Just to be clear, everybody has issues. Everybody has issues, but like he's like, well, this is what we're finding. If you want us to help you, this is what it will cost. Yeah. So. And it's full transparency. It's good for us. It's good for the client. Everybody knows what they're getting into. Um, and I wish more companies would do that. Yeah. Well, if you're looking to add somewhere to the tune of 10 to 35% in what you've already earned back into your pocket, then I want to highly recommend you click in our show notes and get connected with Lexi. Well, my argument is uh, you make that money back with Lexi and you spend it with us so to grow your practice. <laughs> and then we're all winning right now. So I'll take that all day. It, it, it comes around. What do they call that? The circle of life. Right? The circle of life. <laughs> That's how it goes. Lexi, thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. I hope we have an opportunity to get you back in the future, uh, yeah. especially as things change. Reach out to us and let us know. Um, but shoot a, a, a parting phrase or anything that you want to, the last ditch thing you want to tell our audience, and then we'll sign off. Well, I would say if you're making as much money as you think you should be making, then we're all in the twilight zone because there's something <laughs> on the table that you're probably missing. Um, and it's always yeah. good to look at what you've got and be active in your business because you'd be surprised. I am 100% on board with that. Lexi, thank you again. Yeah, Appreciate thank you. you joining us. Uh, Michael, great episode today. Yep. And we will see you next Wednesday. All right, see you guys. Thank you, Lexi. Thanks for joining us.